Welcome to the North Group Podcast. At North Group, we're constantly invited into organizations in order to influence leadership and organizational behavior. It is absolutely fascinating. I'm your host, Roger North, and we'd like to invite you into that conversation. My friend and uh, partner, Brian Black, is my guest today. And Brian is, a, uh, is an attorney by training, but you're now a, cons- I don't know if I should say, but you're a consultant uh, by trade. And we wanted to talk about an idiom today to see if we can milk something out of it. And the idiom is, don't sweat the small stuff. And I got to be thinking about this before you and I got together. And I thought, you know, when you're trained as an attorney, isn't a lot of it about the small stuff? Oh, yeah, absolutely it is. And so that phrase, don't sweat the small stuff, when I think of that, as an attorney, what you try to say to your client is, you don't need to sweat the small stuff. I see. Because let the small stuff be on me. Yeah. From that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. But so, was, something I was thinking about was, um, have you... You're in a lot of big picture situations in your life. You're, you're, you're an essentially an advisor and an influencer in your life. So you sit on boards of directors, you sit on board of advisors, you, uh, we would call it quarterback situations where we're helping organizations make transitions and you're bringing a group of professional advisors together. So you're, you have to think big most of the time. You have to think in the broadest and best interests of your clients. And yet you have this training that the little things do actually matter. How in your practice, in your do you bring those two things together? Because in my dualistic mind, mm-hmm. that seems difficult. But you, it seems to me that you're you're very good at that. Talk about that a you little know, bit. Well, Roger, I think for me, and probably for a lot of the leaders that we work with, a lot of it becomes a matter of intention. Mm-hmm. You know, I I knew early on in my career that I had a lean toward what we might call the small stuff or the details, and I knew that, and and I enjoyed that work. But I also realized pretty quickly that allowing that to become my default, allowing that to become the direction that I leaned in every circumstance was going to be self-limiting. And more than that, frankly, wasn't fully enjoyable in the long Hmm. view. Hmm. So for me, and I think for a lot of people that have that leaning, it's a matter of a little bit of intention of realizing, you know, what a gift it is really to have the ability to dig into those things and to do it and be energized by it, but then also have the delight of stepping back and put your head up and finding ways to intentionally stay with your head up and stay connected to the bigger picture. So to me, it's a matter of intention. Certainly wasn't natural for me. So there must have been a point in life where either on an evolutionary basis or a decided basis, you said, hey, I know that I have to sweat the small stuff a certain amount of the time. By the small stuff, we're talking about details, about contracts, about how wording might affect Mm -hmm. a future situation, all Mm -hmm. of which is very important in our society. Mm -hmm. But there must have been a point at which you said, I don't want to have to spend all my time doing that. But at the same time, I don't want to lose my ability to do that. Is that still a place where you live? Yeah. In fact, you know, the turning point for me was early in my law practice. You know, I moved pretty quickly into the world of estate planning, business succession planning. Charitable gift plan, which yes. of course inside of that sits all kinds of detail, oh all kinds word, of yes. tax consequences. But above that sits the story hmm. of the business, the family, the enterprise, and the goals and values that this family wants to achieve, this business wants to achieve. And you suddenly realize there's this broader narrative yeah. that if you don't learn to live in and embrace and, and learn to understand and frankly be curious about yeah. 
that the small stuff really is almost meaningless because all the small stuff does is supports the accomplishment of the larger narrative, the larger story. Are you also able then to put your client or clients at ease by letting them know that you're hearing that story, you're properly interpreting it, that, that story, and then you and your professional advisors and your team are going to take care of that small stuff? Oh, absolutely. In fact, and you free well. the client up. Yeah. Again, two points there. I agree with both of them. The first one inside of that is, you know, it is our responsibility as the advisor and the role that I sit in, especially wearing my legal hat, but the other advisors, to absolutely say to the client, you don't have to sweat the small mm -hmm. stuff, but you can count on us to do that. But the second truth in this is that whatever tools we use, whatever small stuff gets involved in this, mm -hmm. is a tool that emerges from deeply understanding what the client's really trying to accomplish, what their temperament is, what their risk tolerance mm -hmm. is, what really matters to them. Yeah. And so the, the idea of doing planning well, whether we're doing it as a consultant, as an attorney, anyone else, is to deeply understand the client's story and then have the skill underneath to sweat the small stuff yeah. for them yeah. in relation to what they need to accomplish. And to free them up oh. to do what they've already done well and, and, and live well in the world and give back to the world and be charitable and, and, and perpetuate their business, all those things that we oh, love to help people do. Absolutely. And early in my practice, I had one of my mentors, this was in my law practice, say to me, you know, our role with the client is to take what's sitting on their shoulders mm. and to transfer the things that really they shouldn't be carrying onto our shoulders. That's neat. That makes like sense. That. And a lot yeah. of that, frankly, was the quote unquote small stuff. Yeah. So related to that, we work with leaders. We help them mm -hmm. get better at their craft, their craft being leadership. And I think you and I would both see uh, some danger in a leader living by a phrase, don't sweat the small stuff, too often. Mm -hmm. Talk about what you think would be some of the dangers of a leader taking on that attitude. Boy, well, there's... That's a great question. There's a number of things that come to mind right away. The first thing is, when a leader proclaims, don't sweat the small stuff, one of the first things that we recognize is that some of the things that people perceive as small stuff really isn't small stuff. Yeah. And okay. I think that's yeah. one of the dangers of a leader that, right. you know, we can get focused on the things that we think matter. And those are important, you know, the mission and vision and strategy of our organization, important things. Yeah. But we can sometimes call things small stuff that frankly aren't small. Mm -hmm, so I think that's mm -hmm. one of the dangers. So I think of things like the, the culture of our organizations, you know, how people experience the organization individually, what it's like to be inside this place and be part of the team. I think of taking time to interact one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. with key people and really understand how the team is doing. I think of uh, the reality of just being intentional about communication mm -hmm. uh, at, at the deepest level. That's not levels. small. It's not small. Mm -hmm. But again, sometimes when we're moving fast yeah. and we've got a lot to accomplish and we're measuring results, some of these things can be viewed as small stuff or soft stuff. So I think yeah. that's one of the dangers. Yeah. I also wonder if a leader or a group of leaders and a blithely uttering a phrase like that also uh, run the run the uh, danger of trivializing some of the work that goes on in their organization. Oh, great point. Well, and that's truth. You know, we, we can, as leaders, what we proclaim, you and I know this, we, we have the privilege of sitting with so many, working with so many. What we proclaim as valuable 
Yes. Or what we innocently proclaim as invaluable by dismissing it, right? Are the things that, that infect or support our team. I absolutely agree with that. And it's little things, you know, we say don't sweat the small stuff, right? And we were saying about, you know, sometimes that how dangerous that can be. Part of the danger of that too is that not only are there things that we misdefine as it's not small stuff, but there's even some small stuff that I think we should be sweating. Mm-hmm. That is probably small stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah, well, what would you think of immediately as an organizational example that might be thought of as small stuff, but really isn't? Oh, boy. Well, one of them is just, you know, expressing appreciation or gratitude, you know, being quick to just note something done well. Yeah. Because we're very quick, human nature, right, to point out when something wasn't quite on par, but Mm -hmm. very slow often to be able to celebrate or acknowledge. Or I think even that's just one. spending a little time with somebody when you go in to get coffee in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, feels like small stuff, but mm-hmm. probably isn't for people that may look up to us or may want a word of care or affirmation. Absolutely. You know, Roger, I not long ago speaking with a leader, client, and friend who was describing one of his other leadership colleagues, and he said, um, when people see him coming, they're ready for him to ask, what are you doing? But never ready for him to ask, how are you doing? Oh, wow. And uh, yeah. those of us who lead organizations or care about leadership yeah. realize that the difference between those two things is, is profound. Yeah. And the how are you doing question is really what you're getting at. And we might think of that as a small stuff. Yeah. But by no means is that a small stuff inside of our organizations. I think you mentioned to me when we were conversing earlier that there was a, a book written that has this title, yeah, yeah. and I think you said it sold 25, 25 million, million copies. copies? Yeah. So this is a subject that people are interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any idea what the themes of the book are? I mean, yeah. what, what would, if I took the time to read, read that book, what, what would the lessons be? Yeah, so yeah, you're right. 1997, the book came out. I did a little digging. You okay. probably have seen it on shelves, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, yeah. and then parenthetically, it says... And everything is small stuff. Oh, That's wow. in the parentheses. Yeah. But the essence of the book, the themes really are, and there, there's some truth inside of this. The essence of, of the book is, look, your life is not an emergency. And you shouldn't live your life as if you're driving an ambulance 24-7, you know, going around trying to meet everyone else's needs. And, you know, you, you really need to recognize that's not what your life is. Okay. And another theme um, in, in the book is that you need to not procrastinate on relaxing or taking time to step away. We'll say, look, we'll procrastinate on a lot of things, but the one thing that we shouldn't procrastinate on is taking time to recharge and to regroup. So there's some solid truth inside Mm -hmm. the book, but as you pointed out earlier, this idea of it morphing into this kind of throwaway Mm -hmm. phrase, Mm -hmm. oh, don't sweat the small Mm -hmm. stuff, and inside of it's kind of lost its power, it's lost its meaning. I guess the value would be, or would you think the value would be, We could put that phrase out in front of, say, a leadership team and say, let's have a conversation about what you would regard as small stuff in your organization and see how everybody comes to that conversation because we might unearth some disagreements about that, which could then drive a certain amount of lack of clarity in the organization about what, in fact, is important. You know, you read my mind because as we started this conversation and we were talking about how this may apply and where there's dangers. The first thing I thought was, I think that's true in a lot of organizations. And that is, we're not even entirely clear together what we would deem to be 
small stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And what a valuable exercise. What a valuable way to live as an organization to recognize together as leaders that these things that others may deem to be small yeah. will not be small yeah. for us. And some of these things that perhaps really are small, we're going to keep them small yeah. and keep them in their proper place. Something I was just thinking about, uh, I guess a number of people that are listening to us have been, been to our office. And so we have a what we would believe to be a, an orderly kind of place here. So for us, emptying the trash or having today's newspaper out or not having magazines, if such a thing exists anymore, <laughs> that was two years old sitting on our coffee table, that would not be small stuff to us because that would be for us, that would be inattention to our uh, cultural pillar of gracious hospitality. Oh. So in the in a way, somebody has to sweat that small stuff if something that is important to us on a larger scale is at risk. Yes. So it is the small stuff that really supports the larger themes, is it not? Absolutely. And when you're clear on your larger themes, yeah, then you can determine oh, what the small go. stuff is and what the small stuff isn't well set. So we have to identify those larger themes and say, what what what's the, what are the footers of this? Yeah. And in that case, even what you just described is what may be seemingly small and in some organizations completely disregarded, yeah. become really central to who we are and one, and one of those themes we pointed out. I think of this with a couple clients that, I, that I've had the privilege of working with who are meticulous about their vehicles mm -hmm. on the road. Mm -hmm. sure. And what's interesting about it, you know, we see trades driving all over the place and it's, it's all over the map how people care for their vehicles. But what are the vehicles that we remember? Mm-hmm. We remember the vehicles. A couple of names are coming to mind. Absolutely. Yeah, we won't name the them, but you. they know who they are. And when yeah. we see those, it yeah. just speaks a message yeah, it does. about for them, how they appear, how they present, how they care for their own things yeah. is not small stuff. Right. So if they're going to care for my things, yeah. and many of the times that's what we're asking them to do, yeah. how, how powerful it is to see that they care for their own things. And then that would even have an impact on who you would hire into the organization. Yeah. Because if I'm going to hire somebody, if I have that value yeah. in, in the organization, that things need to be neat and orderly because it speaks a message to clients and potential clients, it would be difficult for me to hire in a person who did not care about cleanliness and orderliness because they would be constantly fighting against an organizational small stuff value, exactly. if you will, and that would be difficult for them to sustain on a longer-term basis. So it might even create a bit of a hiring profile. For it's interesting us. that, you know, I, I didn't think we would get to that. But when you think about it, that's, yeah. that's exactly true. You know, when you are clear, we talked about this earlier, about your pillars. Yeah. And you understand really what the small stuff is and what it isn't. Yeah. That drives a number of uh, pieces of your organization. But one of them is who you want to uh, invite onto your team. Yeah. Absolutely agree with that, Roger. So when you would think of back maybe on how you were raised, I know your parents, mm -hmm. terrific people, um, what was a, a, a small stuff thing that you might have been taught that you now see as having created a great advantage for you in your life? Wow. Boy, there, there are many. You know, you and I often talk about the advantage we have and just how we were surrounded. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Courtesy. Yes. Common okay courtesy which your dad is an expert at automatic common courtesy never dad. ask yourself yeah. am i going to be courteous in this moment yeah. it's just yeah. a given yeah uh, 
that was probably the one that I've 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 never lost. Uh, caring for things. Yeah. Being careful and caring for things, yeah. not just other people's things, but just caring for things and being careful with things and deliberate with things. Put things back where yeah. you found them. <laughs> and, uh, well, we have that in common. If you would be asking me this question, I would say I was close to never. I'd like to say never, but there may have been some, accession, some exceptions to it. I was not allowed to change clothes and leave the clothes anywhere mm -hmm. but back where they belonged either in the you know the hamper to be washed or back on a hanger or back and we, yeah. we just weren't allowed to do that and then when i went to college you know where this is headed oh, my first roommate apparently was not raised with the same training yeah. and i i was shocked because of the way that i was brought up when a pile of dirty uh, uh, socks and underwear and so forth accumulated over a course yeah. of weeks yeah. in this small dormitory. I did not know. Yeah. I honestly did not know that anybody lived that way. Now, what's the value of that? Uh, well, there's a discipline involved with that. Mm -hmm. But I, of course, naturally, I've carried that on. You know, I don't leave my clothes sit out. My wife doesn't have to put up with that. And I, maybe I'm a little bit rigid around that. But for me, putting things back where they belong allows me to not have to start in reverse whenever I'm moving into a new day. Because it, I'm exaggerating, but for the most part, everything that belonged in yesterday got done yesterday. Yes. And so I, you know, I go to these dumb lengths of making sure my keys and my wallet and my briefcase are on the way out to the garage in the morning. But that's a lesson mm -hmm. that, should I impose that on everybody else? Yeah, probably not. Right. Um, is it small stuff? Absolutely. But does it leverage into advantages in my life? I would say so. And where did it come from? It came from my upbringing. Yeah. yeah. I would just tie that back to this idea, too, of many of the things that we might consider small stuff come down to habit. Yeah, and it's oh, a really interesting connection, yeah, you know, point. and for us as leaders or fathers or husbands or just friends, community members, you know, so much of what drives our success is grounded in things that are frankly habit. Yeah. And so what you're unpacking here is this idea that some of the small stuff that we may say, oh, don't sweat it, really grounded in habits are things that we would wish to install and develop in our lives and they're platforms they're not the end. Yeah. They're a vehicle that get us along the way where we need to go. And in that matter, I'd say we should sweat the small stuff because in many ways, it's the key to our success cumulatively in our life. I really believe that. That's fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate this conversation. I learned a lot from it. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, Brian. My pleasure, Roger. Thanks for listening to the North Group Podcast. For more information about North Group Consultants, please visit northgroupconsultants.com.